0: Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Skye Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. On today's episode, we hear the four contrasting birth stories of Northern Rivers mother, Lainey. From an early age, Lainey understood that birth was a natural and awe-inspiring process. The home births of her siblings were moments filled with love, support, and unwavering trust in the birthing process. Witnessing these births solidified for her that birth was a sacred journey of empowerment and self-discovery. These experiences would lay the foundation for her own path to birthing in her power laney's first birth was a testament to her endurance unfolding over a remarkable 36 hours Her second birth was so fast, she barely had time to remove her clothing. With unwavering resilience, she navigated a hospital transfer and all that it encompassed. Drawing from the wisdom and lessons learned from her previous experiences and listening to her intuition, Lainey chose to have the support and guidance of a private midwife for her future births. In the unfolding of her third birth, she discovered the essence of pure bliss. And as her fourth birth stretched into the early hours on Boxing Day, her determination shone brightly. Through challenging labours, a hospital transfer and the beauty of sovereign undisturbed birth, Lainey surrendered to the rhythm of her surges, embracing the intensity and the vulnerability that every birth demands. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia Lainey. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Could you just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Um yeah, so my name's Lainey. Um I've got four kids. Um, I'm 26. My husband and I live in um, Northern Rivers, New South Wales.
0: Okay, so four kids. You're only 26. That's a lot of babies for your age. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So my husband and I got married when we were 19.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Um, Yeah, so we've been married for seven and a half years now. Nice. Um, Yeah, and then we've wanted kids pretty much straight away. So um, Frida, she's six now. She was born when we were 20. Mm-hmm. um yeah and then we've got nomad who's four um Elky, who's two and then cairo who's nearly four months old
0: beautiful family so do you focus a lot on your health then because you know seven years of pregnancies and breastfeeding i mean that would just drain so much from you
1: yeah well um with frida um after she was born i did become quite underweight Mm -hmm. Um, And then I fell pregnant with Nomad um, when she was about 11 months old and that probably wasn't the greatest (laughs) decision. Yeah. Um, Because I was so um, underweight at the time. And then then after he was born, I was tandem feeding for 11 months. Oh,
0: wow. Good on you.
1: Um, And, yeah, that definitely took it out of me. Um, I purposely weaned before each next baby was born after that because I didn't want to tandem feed again. It wasn't a great experience for me, unfortunately. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I'm glad I did it, though, because, like, I tried it out. Um, but, yeah, it's just not for me.
0: Yeah. Oh, Look, I have twins, so I can totally relate to that. I'm yeah. still tandem feeding those yeah. two. So was there anything you did in that seven-year period when trying to replenish yourself that you found really helpful?
1: Um, yeah, well – after Frida and Nomad were born, I, um, well, after Nomad was born, actually, I because my first two were free birth,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, after Nomad was born, I ended up needing to go to the hospital, um, and I lost so much blood that I needed two blood transfusions. Oh, wow. Um, and the doctors were like, your iron levels are so low. We're surprised you're still alive. Oh, and I wow. was like, okay, I should probably look after that next time. So... Um, with Elke and Kairos pregnancies, I really got on top of my iron levels and really focused on, um, making sure I was a lot healthier, Mm. um, and their births and recoveries were a lot better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about that later, but let's jump back to your first pregnancy and birth. Was that pregnancy a good experience for you?
1: Um, yeah, it was definitely my easiest pregnancy, um, yeah, with each pregnancy, um, it's gotten harder towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, we're done having kids. Um, we've decided um, mostly because of how hard pregnancy is for me.
0: Okay. Um, okay, is that because do you get sick or...?
1: No. Um, well, I was kind of in pre-labor for three months after Ky- uh, before Cairo was born. Um, oh, it just yeah. keeps getting earlier and earlier with each child that um, the tightening starts. Um, and it, I've become quite miserable and depressed. It's not a great spot to be in. Um, yeah, I don't know why that happens, but that's just how it's been going for me. So
0: Yeah, right. So being so young and choosing to free birth, you obviously had a pretty good perception of birth then.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, growing up, um, like my whole family and all my relatives and everything, um, home birthing was very, very normal. hmm Um, so I am quite a bit older than my three younger sisters and I was at all of their births and I cut cords and all that kind of stuff so it's very um, normal and natural for me. Um, It was never kind of a decision to make it was just I was always going to have my babies at home. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah so and also very natural um, pregnancies without any medical intervention like I don't have scans or Um, things like that either, Um, just the occasional blood test to make sure my iron levels are all right. Um, Yeah, otherwise I like to go pretty solo.
0: Yeah, cool. I love that. And so you didn't have any scans for any of your pregnancies or...?
1: Um, No, just uh, with Cairo. so my fourth pregnancy, I did have two scans. Um, At the start, I was worried that um, I was having a ectopic pregnancy because I was in a lot of pain. Um, So I did go in for a scan for that, and then they couldn't see where the placenta is, so I went in for another one. Um, At 20 weeks, um, it was about 15 seconds long just to check where the placenta is because that's the only info I wanted to know. Yeah. Um otherwise that's it.
0: Yeah, perfect. And so take us through that birth. Was there anything you did in the lead up to get prepared or were you just completely confident in your ability to give birth?
1: Um yeah, I read quite a lot of books. Um obviously, I feel like I was quite educated already on the topic just from growing up, being surrounded by that all the time anyway. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't, I've never been scared or anything about giving birth. Um, Frida, uh, she was posterior. So her birth, uh, her labor was about 36 hours.
0: Okay. And wh- who was your birth support?
1: Um, yeah, so my husband, my parents, um, and I did hire a doula for, um, Frida's birth. Um, yeah, so that was very, very long. It was a Full on introduction into giving birth. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, she was posterior, um, and even as she came out, she was posterior as well. So, that made it very difficult. But, um, yeah, it's still fun. I still will always say that I love giving birth, even if it can be difficult sometimes. Um, It's just a magical experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So even though you had a very healthy trust in physiological birth, was there any fears that arose when things started to take a little bit longer than anticipated or?
1: Um, No fears, just, um, yeah, I I wouldn't say fear. It was just like, oh, my gosh, I literally, like, I'm not in a hospital, so I can't ask for an epidural or anything like that. And it was, like, just such a mental game of, like, knowing that it could be going for hours longer and you just have to get through it no matter what. And there's no off button that you can press and you just, yeah, you have no choice. Um, So, yeah, the mental strength needed was the most difficult part, definitely. Yeah.
0: It must have been so beautiful having your mum there supporting you. Yeah, was having that wise woman energy there helpful when you were feeling a bit of mental challenge, or what were some of the things that you found helpful to get through those barriers?
1: Um, yeah, definitely my mum. Um, because I've seen her do it three times as well. It was kind yeah. of just, yeah, it was so beautiful having her there. Um, she was there for three of, out of four of my births. Um. Yeah, and obviously my husband, he had never um, grown up around birthing at home or um, anything like that, Um, but he just knew what to do. He just, yeah, really stepped into it and, um, yeah, I didn't have to – I never felt like I wasn't supported enough or anything like that. He just knew exactly what to do and what I needed and um, was just always right there
0: for me. Yeah, so special. I know this is pivoting from your journey, um, but I'm just so curious. What was it like to be a child witnessing your siblings being born, if you remember?
1: Yeah, well, I was 10, 12, and 15 at them, so I was definitely old enough to um, fully remember everything. Um, Yeah, it was just amazing, so amazing. I I remember um, especially when I was 10 for my first home birth um, of mum's just thinking, man, I'm so excited to do this one day. Wow. Um, Because it was just so magical and just the atmosphere was nice. Yeah. You can just hop straight into your bed afterwards and I was like, yes, I want that.
0: Yeah, wow, that is so cool. I don't think I've had anyone on that has grown up around home birth.
1: Yeah, I've noticed talking to a lot of people that's not a common thing. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I'm so blessed to be able to say that I've done that. Um. Yeah, and to have experienced it because it's just amazing, mm. so amazing. Yeah,
0: and so that sort of set you up for your own journey by, you know, giving you that um, deep trust in physiological birth when, you know, even when things were taking 36 hours, you know?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I knew that there's no normal way yeah. to give birth. Um, yes, yeah, so many things can happen. I knew that um, a lot of the time your first birth can be a lot longer. So I was definitely um, mentally prepared um, for it to be long, but then actually getting through that was a struggle. Yeah, (laughs) of course. We got there in the end.
0: (laughs) And so was there any particular resource, I know you said that you read some books, but were there any um, specific books that you found really helpful during your pregnancy to get you ready for birth?
1: Yes, there is one that I just tell everyone about. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called The Down to Earth Birth Book.
0: Okay, awesome.
1: Um, Yeah, I should remember that, but I don't right now. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to read one book, I recommend that one. I give it to everyone I know who's pregnant. Um, yeah. Everyone I give it to has said, um, that's fantastic. It's just got so much great info in there. It's all rounded. Um, yeah. Focuses on everything.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so moving to your next birth because we have three others to get through. Um, how was your pregnancy with Nomad?
1: Um, yeah, pretty good still. Um, I think it was about a week or so before he was born, I started having really strong tightenings. Um, uh, yeah, so otherwise the pregnancy was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I do put on quite a lot of weight when I'm pregnant, so that um, was something that made things a bit more difficult. But, yeah, otherwise his pregnancy was still pretty good. Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't ask for Frida, but did you know how long, how far along you were when you went into labour with her?
1: Um, Yeah, so um, with Frida I was 40 weeks plus two days and then she was born at 40 weeks plus four days. Oh, wow. Nomad was 11 days over. Okay. Um, That 11 days was the longest 11 days of my (laughs) life.
0: (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) And so you mentioned that you were having prodromal labour at the end of all of your pregnancies. What were some of the things that you did to sort of get yourself through that? Because I know from my own experience that um, it can be such a detriment to your mental health.
1: Yeah. Um. Just. Oh man, I don't even know to be honest. <laughs> you
0: just had to. Um. Yeah.
1: With. I just. I just had to. No choice. Like with. Um, Elky, my third. Um, it started at about 32, 33 weeks. Um, yeah, and I'm just pretty much miserable. All the time. <laughs> I just, I'm very good at um, just acting like everything's totally fine when it's not. Yeah. Um, it's a blessing and a curse. So a lot of people would have no idea that I'm in a lot of pain or uncomfortable or struggling, yeah. whatever. Um, when I really am but yeah so that was difficult and then Elkie was eight days over as well so that whole extra week um was a struggle Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah but then Cairo he was um he surprised us all and he was early by about four days
0: um
1: I know I know estimated due dates are a very big estimate but um, I was fully expecting him to be over as well, um, but he decided to come early at 3 a.m. on Boxing Day. So. <gasps> on
0: Boxing Day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> at the the one baby I wanted to not be early, he decided to come
0: early. So Always the way, huh? So what was that birth like in comparison to your first?
1: Um, he was two hours, 45 minutes. Oh, wow. So complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, so I went into labor and then um, he was actually born. I still had my underwear on when he started coming out because I was like so sure that he was not coming out yet because um, what I was used to was just being in labor for so long. Mm. Um, Yeah, so his head crowned and I was like, oh, my God, I've got to get my underwear off. Um, Yeah, and then he came out, um, needed a bit of rubbing to start breathing, but um, he was fine. Um, you
0: would have
1: been in shock. Yeah, I was. Honestly, I was just like, how did that even, <laughs> what just happened? It was so fast. Um, but placenta um, was, it was stuck kind of half in, half out. Okay. Um, yeah, so we called an ambulance, um, which I did have, like, a friend who was a midwife and I sort of had her on call just to call for anything I needed sort of thing. mm mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, she suggested calling an ambulance. So we did that. Um, As I was being lifted up onto the stretcher, um, it came out, the placenta um, came out anyway, but um, still went to the hospital and then I hemorrhaged in the hospital um, and needed two blood transfusions. So (laughs) He, he also inhaled vernix and birth water and was in special care for three days on antibiotics and... Just all this stuff. It was the whole thing. Wait, um, so
0: did he inhale vernix or meconium? Vernix. Vernix. Okay. Yeah, there was so much of
1: it that um, the whole top layer of the birth pool was just white with vernix. He was wow. absolutely covered in it. Yeah, okay. Even though he was 11 days over, there was still that much left. <laughs> yeah,
0: wow. Okay. And what was the your transfer experience like?
1: Um. To be honest, I wasn't treated as nicely as I would have hoped um, when I was in hospital. So it actually wasn't until um, I was very pregnant with Elkie that um, I kind of went over everything that happened and there was so much that I just completely blocked out Mm -hmm. um, from that experience. And my husband would say, oh, do you remember that this happened? And I'm like, no, I can't remember a single thing. Mm But, yeah, I went over it. I made, I really wanted to make sure that I fully mentally went over it all um, before I had my third mm-hmm. just to get rid of any fears or worries or blockages that would be there from that. Um, and I did, and everything was fine after that. So yeah.
0: so take us through some of the fears that you had to work through with your next birth.
1: Yeah, so when I was pregnant with Elkie, in my mind um, I was like, okay, I have to have a midwife this time. Um, and if I couldn't find one, I would have actually gone to hospital to birth anyway because I just knew that I needed someone there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had made the decision with my midwife that as soon as she was born, um, I would just have syntocin anyway mm-hmm. um, just to kind of to make sure that I didn't bleed too much and to kind of make sure that I didn't have to transfer mm-hmm. um, like last time. Um, it was just kind of like a happy medium to make sure that I could still have a safe home birth. Um, yeah, so we did that with my last two pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, thankfully we were in a financial position that allowed us to do that, because I know a lot of people aren't, um, so we were really blessed with that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so hired a private midwife, she was amazing, yeah, she was so great. Um, just really accepting of anything we wanted to do was fine with um, any choices we made. If there were any concerns she had, we'd talk over it and make sure everyone was on the same page. Um, Yeah, and then Elkie's birth was my favourite. She was about eight hours, which was a really nice amount of time for me, not too fast, not too slow.
0: (laughs) That is so interesting. You went from 36 hours to two and then to eight. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, and then my last was about two days again. <laughs> so, yeah, all over the place. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So hers was your favourite because you had a nice amount of time to sort of build up to that intensity of labour.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. No. Nice. All my
1: babies have been home births, um, but Elkie um, – I birthed her head in the pool and then um, my midwife noticed that her heart rate was dropping so I actually got out of the pool while her head was out.
0: Oh wow.
1: <laughs> onto the floor um, and yeah, I had to push her out as quickly as I could because she needed some recess. Okay. Um, um, so yeah, my body was right in telling me that I needed a midwife there that time. Okay. Um. But yeah, I mean the whole thing was about 10 seconds honestly but um, in the moment it was like, oh, my gosh, got to get out of the pool, got to try and push her out. Um, but she had the cord wrapped around her legs, her body and her neck. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so a bit of unwinding and a bit of um, oxygen and then she was fine.
0: Yeah, amazing. So could you take us through that moment a little bit more in depth just because I feel like this is such a fear for so many women when talking about home birth um and i think you know i'm always trying to reiterate that midwives have all the tools yeah. to keep your baby safe even if they need to be transferred to hospital um and i think it's important to realize that yeah in birth sometimes shit happens yeah right? yeah <laughs> but to think that you were in any more danger because you weren't birthing in the hospital it just isn't correct you know yeah
1: no well like even um even in the moment, I still had no fear of what was happening because I knew everything would be okay and I knew that I was still in the safest um, situation that I could be in. So, yeah, it was, yeah, like I said, it was just a really short amount of time. At the moment it feels like longer. But, um, yeah, I still wasn't worried or anything like, um, yeah, so I birthed her body out of the pool. Um, and my midwife was straight on it, like oxygen instantly un- like unwound her like pretty much as she was coming out. Um, and yeah, I was just sitting there. they just gave her a bit of oxygen and then she started crying and they handed her straight to me. Um, and yeah, like they they do. they really have everything they
0: need. yeah. Yeah, so there was no cutting of the cord, you know, it was basically just managing the situation, a little bit of oxygen, bub straight on your chest, yeah. you know? Yeah. Whereas in hospital, that would have been, an immediate emergency cutting of the cord, which is their life force taken away, taken away. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just trying to point out the contrast in care. I'm not trying to shit on the hospitals, but you know, you can see how different the outcome is when you're not in a system that goes to absolute extremes, which in most cases is simply unnecessary, like with your birth and she was totally fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally fine.
1: Um, yeah, I mean it's all birth is just variations of normal, they say. So mm-hmm. like yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like you said, it wasn't really an emergency. Um, that's just something that can happen. Um and it's not it's not anything that's really something you should worry about. Um it's just something that can happen and then you sort it and then it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, so my placenta's um in that pregnancy in my fourth, um, uh, sorry, birth, um, they were, yeah, very easy. They just came out by themselves, obviously, um, which is kind of an experience I'm sad that I missed out on because, um, yeah, I do think birthing the placenta is just as exciting and magical as birthing a baby um, because, it, yeah, it's like a part of them. Um, so with my first two, I do, like I did birth the placenta myself um, whereas with my second two, I didn't really, they just kind of came out by themselves. Um, yeah, but I guess that's just part of it. So yeah. I wasn't going to not have the syntocin just because of that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, my recovery after, um, birth three and four was so much easier, so much easier because I know in the first two I'd lost so much blood, um, that. Yeah, just my energy levels were so low. Like Cairo, boxing day, he was born at 3 a.m., went to bed, woke up. Um, I vacuumed the house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As you do. Because
1: I was like, I feel so great. This is awesome. My recovery is so amazing. Um, yeah, so very different, all right. of
0: them. Yeah. And what about your placentas? Did you do anything special with those?
1: Um. So – Uh, Frida's is encapsulated Mm -hmm. um I did take two tablets after she was born and they just made me feel a bit funny for some reason and I just thought okay that's my body saying that we don't need this right now um and we did have plans of um like I have I actually still have all four of them in our deep (laughs) um I did have lovely plans of planting them under a tree and stuff but um, after we had Elkies as well, I thought, well, let's just wait till we're finished having kids and then bury them all together. Yeah. Um, so we will do that one day. <laughs> we'll get to it.
0: <laughs> Hopefully no one goes rummaging through your freezer in the meantime.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> they're right <laughs> down the bottom, so it should be okay.
0: Yeah, of course. So your fourth birth was a- another long labour. Um, so taking into account your previous two, was there any expectations on how that experience would look, or do you enter each birth with the mindset of, you know, I surrender to whatever unfolds?
1: Um, yeah, definitely just um, kind of go with the flow.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, I know that if I do expect something, then it's very easy to be um, disheartened or disappointed about, um, yeah, it not going how you thought. hmm so, yeah, very open to just just letting things happen as they're going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was in I, – I was having very strong tightenings, like from about lunchtime to when I would wake up in the morning from about 28 weeks with him. Okay. Um, yeah, that was – when they started, I was kind of like, oh, no, please can this not be so intense like last time. And then it just turned out to be much harder. Mm. Um, Yeah, a lot of my poor friends had me crying to them while I was like only 32, 33 weeks just because I'd already been struggling so much and it was really hard.
0: When you say tightenings, do you mean it was more intense than your normal Braxton Hicks tightenings that women get? Um, Yeah, just,
1: yeah, pretty much really, really strong Braxton Hicks. Um, Like if I wasn't experienced, I would think, oh, no, I'm in labour.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. and were they consistent like would they come and go or um
1: it would they were more like just a constant contraction that wouldn't stop so it was like okay. from lunchtime um my stomach would be rock hard um yeah until after I'd gone to bed that night
0: right. uh, yeah and it
1: just wouldn't end just even moving like was just so much effort yeah
0: okay so interesting
1: yeah his whole Well, actually, his pregnancy up until about 30, 32 weeks was um, really, really breezy. Um, And then when the tightening started, it was just kind of from then until when he was born, even my labour was just the most difficult mental battle
0: (laughs) of Mm. my entire life. Just so difficult. Yeah, okay. And obviously, you know, by that stage you were a seasoned birther, so you probably didn't need to educate yourself Um, any...
1: Yeah, I would say it was a season. But <laughs> um, I have read that one book okay. all four pregnancies though. Um, okay. There are a few others that have gone through as well, but that one I just keep coming back to because it just um, even though like I've read it, it just always gives me um, yeah, just kind of the mental clarity mm. about what I'm about to go through every time. Mm.
0: And did you have the same midwife team
1: this time around? Um, no, so I had to hire a different midwife um, because the one I had with my third birth, she wasn't um, kind of pra- not practising, but just, yeah, you, she wasn't doing births anymore, yeah. Um, but she was able to be the assistant midwife.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so she was still doing that. Um, yeah, so I had her as the backup midwife for my fourth birth, um, which was great because, like, I remember being in labour with Cairo and I was leaning over my birth pool and I was looking down and I just heard her voice come in and a wave of just, like, relaxation came over me just saying, like, yeah, you can totally do this.
0: Yeah. And so take us through that experience. It went for a few days. Yeah.
1: Um. So... It was kind of the day before Christmas, um, yeah, Christmas Eve, I woke up and I was like, hmm, I feel like these tightenings are a little bit different to what they have been for the last few months. And, yeah, so just potted around the house. My parents and my sisters and my brother um, were here as well for Christmas, so we had, like, quite a lot of people in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, just kind of not really doing much because um, – Yeah, I was in kind of pre-labor, I guess. Um, Yeah, and then um, so I didn't really sleep much the night before that. And then Christmas Eve I barely slept as well because they were just too strong for me to be able to go to sleep. Um, The next day, Christmas Day, we were opening presents and things and I was getting really frustrated because I was like, I don't want to have a baby on Christmas Day. I just want to sit down and relax with my family. But I just wasn't able to. Um, So, yeah, we were all opening presents and stuff and I was having contractions on the lounge, just being like, it's all good, everyone, don't worry about me. This isn't going to happen anytime soon. It's all fine. And then, yeah, from mid-morning, I pretty much spent the rest of the day in my room because I just couldn't do anything else. Um, Just, yeah, the contractions were getting really strong. Um, And then we had to call our midwife at 10 o'clock that night. I finally, I think my body was like, okay. You're not going to ruin anyone's Christmas. You're not going to um, – yeah, it's all over. It's all good. Kids are asleep. Now you can really get into it. Um, so, yeah, as soon as she arrived, everything started to ramp up. Um, yeah, and so they started um, filling the birth pool for me and then um, hopped in there and then, yeah, he was born at just after 3 in the morning, Boxing Day.
0: Well that's a nice little Chrissy present for you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry for the poor boy. Yeah. You can't help you Yeah, exactly. And the same with your placenta, you just had the injection and it came out okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 He was he was also posterior.
1: Um he didn't spin either, so he came out posterior. Um
0: Do you find that you have a preferred position to labour in when bub is posterior? Um, With all
1: four of them, um, I prefer to be on hands and knees. Mm -hmm. Um, That is the best way to be anyway, just um, how it opens your pelvis the most. Um, With Frida, my doula, I did have a doula with um, Frida. Um, she, yeah, she got me to try and do lunges and walk up the stairs and stuff to just try and turn her, um, but none of that worked. Mm-hmm. Cairo didn't spin either, but um, as soon as he came out, Caleb had, uh, Caleb, my husband, he had to um, unwind the cord from Cairo's neck three times. Wow. Um, so we're assuming that's what
0: was stopping him from turning. Yeah. You must grow really long umbilical cords.
1: Um, Yeah, they're all pretty long, so they just kind of, do a little dancey dance in there and get all tangled up
0: (laughs) so true so taking into account your second birth where you had to transfer did you ever at any point have fear arise about bub inhaling the water again
1: um no I wasn't concerned about that to be honest um looking back uh, which I have done quite a lot I do think that um after I birthed Nomad's Head, I came up a tiny bit and then went back down into the water. Right. Um, because his birth was so fast, the birth pill wasn't, f- like, completely full when I hopped in. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I do think that that was the cause of that.
0: Yeah, I um, mean, that makes total sense, doesn't it? Because he would have had the air on his face, which would have kind of startled him a bit, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't um, – yeah, like, he wouldn't have – been able to take a full breath, and yeah. it wasn't, um, it was pretty much straight after I went back down in that his body was born. Okay. Um, but yeah, I do feel like that was probably the cause. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Um, and Elky and Cairo,
0: with both of them,
1: their heads were born in the water, and the bodies were born out of the water. Yeah, okay.
0: So you said that you've reflected a lot on your birth experiences. What would be some of the key lessons that you've learned from your births?
1: Um, honestly, the main one is very cliche, but just like really listen to your body. Because mm. um, I did that with Elkie and I hired the midwife that my body was telling me I needed and I needed her there in the end anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and with nomad it was like our midwife said go you should probably go to the hospital and we denied for a couple of minutes and it was like yeah let's just do it just to I obviously um this has happened and we just need to make sure that we deal with it the best way we can and then I hemorrhaged in the hospital um and yeah with the syntocin, just listening to the fact that um, I probably would need it and then just doing that anyway and my births were so much better and recoveries were so much better because of that
0: yeah and do you feel like this is your family complete now um yeah I think so
1: yeah I yeah I'm excited for like the next stage now because we've had them pretty close together yeah Um, so I'm excited for the next stage where I don't have nappies or naps or anything to worry about and we can kind of go on adventures and because um, I'm homeschooling as well so I've got them all with me all day every day um which I love it's so nice and I was homeschooled as well so it's kind of um, just normal as well in our family to do that
0: yeah I love that and you're so lucky to have been able to witness your mum have undisturbed births it's it almost like creates that legacy of belief in your body's capabilities, which you'll get to then pass down to your kids, you know, and it's sadly not something that we really get to see in our generation enough, I yeah. think.
1: Yeah, well, that's a really important thing that I um, – it's not just that I feel it, it's just that I really want to put that out as well, that birth is amazing mm. and it's nothing to be – like it's not a medical um, situation um, and it's often made to look that way, like even just movies and everything. Um, yeah. They've always got the woman on the on her back on the hospital bed screaming because it's terrible. And I'm yeah, it's sad that that's kind of if if you're not growing up with it or surrounded by it, that's the um, picture that you have mm. of birth. Yeah, and I really hope that that does change because it can be just so magical and amazing when you um like can it when you. Know that it can be like that. The chances of it being like that are a lot higher.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just curious. Looking back at your entire journey, is there anything that you would have done differently?
1: Yeah, I would have hired a midwife with Nomad my second. If um, yeah, looking back, I have said that before. Um, just yeah, after that experience, like it still, it still was fine. It went great. The birth was amazing hospital experience was necessary yeah um but yeah I probably would have hired a midwife if I could look back and change things but you can't
0: yeah absolutely and you wouldn't want to change anything anyway because each birth teaches you such a valuable lesson but I think it's also healthy to reflect and discuss those questions yeah you know? yeah definitely yeah yeah and I know these are just random questions now, but would you describe any of your births as painful?
1: Yeah, I, pain is not the right word for it. I really don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Cairo, my fourth, his birth was so, so challenging. Um, definitely the most challenging of all of them. Um, we went out with a bang there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but just... I think for me the reason his was so difficult was because I had been in pre-labour for so long and um, I hadn't slept for three days as well and I just, I remember leaning over the side of the birth pool and I just kept saying, I can't do it, I'm so tired and I would be crying and my mum and my husband were like, you can do it, it's okay, like, you've got this and I'm just like in my head I was like, how on earth am I going to finish this? How do I get to the finish line when I'm so like just done, I'm mm. so over it, and I can't do it anymore, um, but yeah, I just, you just do it, because you have to, and um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, baby's coming, but um, yeah, just super, super intense, um, just pressure, um, because he was posterior, my husband had to be in the birth pool, pushing his hands on my lower back as hard as he possibly could and then I was leaning out of the birth pool reaching onto the wall pushing on it as hard as I could to counteract the pressure from him yeah so yeah back to your question not painful just really really intense um and some pressure yeah and if something happens like like I said earlier my midwife um from my third birth she came in and just even that just completely changed how I was feeling it was Just instantly I was like, oh, yeah, I can actually do this. And then you get closer and you realise, oh, you can feel their head coming and you're like just instantly like, yep, all right, let's do it. This is going to be easy. I've got this. Um, Just slight things can just make all the difference into how you're feeling because if you're going for hours and hours, you do feel disheartened and it can be just, yeah, just mentally you're like, oh, my gosh, this is going for ages and I'm making no progress how am I going to do it? But then one small thing changes and instantly you're like, yes, mm. this is going to be fine.
0: Yeah. Were your kids present at any of your births?
1: Um, With Elkie, Frida and Nomad were there. Um, so Frida cut Elkie's cord. So Big Sister cut Little Sister's cord and then Nomad cut Cairo's cord, so Brother cut Brother's cord. Aww. Beautiful. Yeah, um, with Cairo's birth, I because it was so long and I just really didn't feel like I was making progress um, and it was 3 o'clock in the morning, I just um, I didn't tell anyone to wake the kids. Mm-hmm. Um. So as soon as he was born, um, my sisters went and got the kids to come and see him. Um. But, yeah, I don't feel like they missed out on anything. Like we've watched a million home birth videos together. They saw Elfie's birth. Um and yeah so I I don't regret not having them there just because if we did wake them when I felt like we should have they may have been sitting there for 2 hours um so yeah you just kind of go with what the situation is doing yeah
0: so to wrap up today's episode what would be your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there listening
1: I think probably just talk to a lot of people who have done it themselves yeah. um and definitely listen to like the um the harder stories and the stories that didn't go exactly the way the mum wanted to things like that but also don't like hold on to that mm. um know that it's a possibility but you yeah like the energy you have about birth can make all the difference and if you hold on to this like sad stories or the hard stories um, then yeah it's more likely to be that way for you because birth is like mostly mental. Yeah. It's just how you how you think of it. Um, so yeah, just probably that just talk to people and like it's good to know um, about what can happen um, so you can educate yourself on how to deal with that situation but also don't hold on to it as though oh my gosh this is what birth is, it's shocking, it's painful, it's terrible. Um, But when in reality that's just a way it can go and it's not um, to say that birth as a whole can be shocking.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Lainey, and sharing all of your incredible birth stories with us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I love talking about all things babies. (laughs)
0: That brings us to the end of today's show. Lainey's journey is a testament to the uniqueness of each birth experience. I really loved how she honored her intuition and the legacy being created in this family where birth is normalized and celebrated. I mean, that is just so powerful and inspiring. I hope you all enjoyed today's show. Please let me know what you think over on the PBA Instagram. And if you love PBA, we would be forever grateful for a subscribe or rating on your podcast platform. This helps us to continue this work and reach more women who need it. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.